Welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Ward. Mike. Steve. Okay, so let's jump right into it, because uh, there's really nothing worth rambling nonsensically about. Uh, well, there's so, always something. Okay, we're going to save that until at least a few minutes in. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. And just a spoiler alert, so we are going to be talking about a game called Bugman's Brewery. Bugman's Bar. Bugman's Bar. Bar. You can't even today. remember the name. Right. Guess who was carrying the, bre- the, the most? The brewery is where they make the beer. The bar right. is where they serve okay, it. Okay, sure. Actually, so, according to the box, it's called the Bugman's Game. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So we're all wrong. all been calling it the wrong thing for about a decade. <laughs> okay, so the moral of the story is that you play it as a drinking game, and I may have picked up and dropped the most drinks, which requires <laughs> me to have consumed the most alcohol in about 30 minutes before we recorded. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, we'll All talk right. about it at length at the end. Yeah, so it's probably one of my favorite games. Um, let's start with the simplest thing. Dan, what have you done in Hobby? I painted several hundred more windows. There's only about 30 left. Are you seriously like going to spend four months of podcasting talking about painting windows? Yeah. If what else am I going <laughs> to talk about? If he has to. Although, you oh, know, and I painted my hand. You may have seen the oh. yeah. Although I was joking, I, can't, I think it was with Mike earlier. <laughs> About how, like, we harass Ward for not painting any models. Oh, yeah, but yeah. we still kind of expect him to paint models. We know for a fact Dan is just going to fucking paint. And the joke was, you're just going to spend a year painting windows for, for Battletech. But you own it. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> My windows are going to look good. <laughs> All right, Ward, what have you done? <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I worked. Uh, I worked. I worked on some more Infinity. I did some more flesh on uh, Skulls for the Nomads. So you're fleshing out your models. Fleshing out my models. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm also. I did a bunch of airbrushing for my Kador, so I got all the red uh, tones done, and then I'll be stenciling that, and then putting on the blues. Hopefully, starting tomorrow with that, and nice. then I've got everything all prepped and ready to go to start my airbrushing undercoat. On my drop zone, which I need to get on because I Mike's have taunting to... You. Well, no, I'm taking them down to LVO, so I signed up for LVO. I know, I know. I need, I'm excited. I Didn't have nothing to do with my taunting at all, right? <clears throat> no, not for LVO, just yeah. for PHR yeah. painting. So. Oh, Too and, many acronyms. And for Ken, I also started my Imperial Fist. <laughs> he's pretty so, much done. Uh, uh, basically. You'll have to see the pictures, He's Ken. looking gorgeous. Yeah. I, will, I will post looking it on Facebook great. right away. So there's some progress there. Mike, what have you been up to? <laughs> Stop laughing at him. You gotta, you gotta actually come up with something. Keep a straight face, look bro. Look at that. Like, done. Oh, so, yeah, no, that's why I'm laughing. I'm looking at it. Okay. At the ultramarine? Right. Don't, don't, oh. don't let me look at it anymore. Um, what did I do? I did a bunch of uh, airbrushing on my PHR. I got uh, the camo, base camo done on about 10. But not just finished. camo, digital camo. Yeah, digital really camo. Really cool. And did one 100%, so me and Ward are tied. Currently, currently, each for how much? one uh, one PHR yeah, model, but Ward had two years a head start on me. Just so you know, no, I didn't start that. No, no, you've start, had it for two years. I didn't so start two years ago. No, but, <laughs> did but you he gave owned, you two years worth of time to. You owned it two years ago, didn't you? Mm, whose models are cleaner, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, prob- probably the two models. Yeah. That I gave you. Okay, tiebreaker. <laughs> whose cockpit glass looks best? Uh, there are no, there are no cockpits. So nobody wins on the PHR. No, no, no. Windows win. 
Yeah. Because oh, that cockpit glass would look immaculate. <laughs> boo. I also did a little bit more on my infinity. Um, and I did some terrain, and then it got it hurt. I did some terrain. Infinity. Yeah, infinity. Yeah. The the control consoles and a couple of yep. the uh, hollow signs. They're now sitting on my board, and they look great. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome, Steve. I feel like it's a system. Although kind of fair, uh, I guess I'll go next because I finished up the staircase entirely, finished chipping them, which was really easy. Um, that stuff is amazing, that chipping. Did you do it by yourself? It? Yeah. We okay. didn't chip in at all. No one chipped in. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> That's funny. I, I didn't even remotely catch that. It was like went sailing like 10 feet over my head. Yeah, Steve had no help at all. Moving on. It was like a, was like a digger from Bautista. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got that done. And then I finished up the death gesture. It's been kind of a lacking week because I've been out of town. But other than that, yeah, I got my death gesture done for Onslaught. So one more model for the Dark Eldar and six more for Infinity. I'm finished. Nice. Mm -hmm. I did three walled geists, the ones that I'd started when we were last talking. I finished them up. And I finished a bad juju as well. Those are your Malifaux thingies? Yay, more Malifaux. Swamp Fiends. So they're going with my Zoraida crew for Gremlins. And I've got the bases yeah. done for Zoraida. Wait, wait, this means I can't swear at you at the end, end of the podcast until you paint your fucking models? No, because I've got four finished, and I've got Son another, of, like, half dozen I mean, started. The only thing that kind of sucked is I also got my Ulix crew, and this was one of those Gen Con pre-release kind of things. And I open the box, and I get everything assembled, assembled except for Ulix, and I go to put him together, and he's missing an arm. Ooh, well, oh, limited edition models missing pieces. Not limited edition, pre-release, and he doesn't come out until December. Yeah, that's awkward. So I sent them an email and I haven't heard back yet, so we'll see. Awkward for Tom. That sucks. Hold yeah. On. Like, one tiny little gremlin arm in a whole box. I get that. My uh, authorized bounty hunter is missing one bike handlebar, and it's like two millimeters long by a millimeter. Like, it's the tiniest little piece. I'm mad. Oh, is that... <laughs> which one is that? That's is that on the bike. The, the bike. The female... Yeah. On the bike. Authorized bounty hunter. Pen-thie. Which is a terrible model no, no, to no, buy no, as no. a side oh, note. That's a no, it's a different one. Because okay. the bounty hunter... dirty? No, the bounty hunter has to roll in a D20 chart, and one result is she gets a bike. Because she gets different equipment each game. Oh. So you buy that model, you can use it one out of 20 games... On average, if you're oh lucky, does yeah. she get a bonus for tactical cleavage? I assume tactical all cleavage infinity has it, just yeah. in general. Tactical yeah. cleavage, okay. tactical cleavage, it's implied. Yeah. yeah, it's factored into their base stats entirely, 100. <sighs> so yeah, I've actually been pretty productive the last couple weeks. Fans, models, having a good time. Um, yeah. We should probably move on to the next segment, Tom. You yeah. look confused after all that drinking. Wait, what? Get, no. Everybody did a little bit of painting. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Mike's in the twilight zone right now. <laughs> Where am I? Mark, Mike, shut up and tell someone to take your money. Okay, me? I started off with me. Oh, crap. Okay, well, it's not happening right away, but at the end of the month, uh, the uh, drop zone <laughs> drop starter is set to go off, and if there is a... One of everything button, I'm hitting it. <laughs> You're going to hit GW it. GW-style, no I'm discounts. Gonna, I'm going to hit it hard. It will save me <laughs> so many clicks, though. <laughs> uh, that would be a good one. That would almost be my shut up and take my money as well. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to change mine to the, sto- uh, the ghost keel. I couldn't think of the name for a second. There's a new Tau suit that I actually just want to paint. I don't think I'll start a Tau. Is that the missile? No, the Storm Surge looks dumb. No. The one with yes, like the box arms underneath of it. I don't like that he's thing. He's fairly derpy. And it also looks like he's squatting, like he's like maybe Taking about to really shit. take a huge shit. <laughs> yeah, the pose isn't that great. No, uh, no, that's an amazing pose. 
I like. I, th- I think more models need to defecate. Very realistic. Yeah. Very realistic of you. Yeah. Sure. He actually has little kickstands on the back of his legs, so his legs don't collapse due to the ridiculousness of the model. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, he can plant and fire twice, but he can't move or stomp. Sorry, I'm still thinking about pooping. But like, he so, has. He literally plants. <laughs> he, has, he has jet engine recoil compensation and a little tripod thing sticking out the back of his legs, so he doesn't fall down. While he's firing all his weapons. And because if he does fall down, well, he's he clearly not getting back up. Full load. He does full does load. it shoot like a spike into the ground to like stabilize him? That'd be awesome. Possibly. That, there's, uh, there, there may be something below the ground level that you just can't see in the miniature for okay. obvious reasons. Well, let's let's glaze <laughs> over the fact that no one here likes the storm surge. I do actually like the ghost keel, and I've always wanted to paint up a towel model, yeah. like, like as uh, just a figure piece and it, kind of thing. And it looks a lot more like the Tau Commanders from the Dawn of War games, yeah. I believe, that have, like, the super kitted-out commander suits. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, I think Is it's it almost more akin to, like, the Forge World crisis suits and such? No, this one's bigger. This is bigger. No, but, like, stylistically. Um, no, it's really. weird. The it's it's actually more rounded. Yeah, the Forge World ones well, are just little, like... Little bit like strap on extra packs for the I know strap what I said. on extra pack, but the um, ones are always yeah. Yeah, they're just little like <laughs> add on class kits. It up you got to pay more buddy. for the strap. <laughs> and Mike is glaring at Steve when I was the one who said it, but uh, <laughs> I pointed out. So the forge old ones were like the little bits that you just add on to the plastic uh, crisis suits. Yeah. So this is a much bigger, fancier commander. Like yeah, he's the coming in at a ninety dollar uh, mark, Woo! so he's going to be a mid size type thing. Uh, and again, you can take squadrons of them, okay. which is kind of cool. It actually kind of looks like a massive stealth suit. It's like a big suit. It, it has, it has it stealth That's actually what its, its rules are, yeah. is it, it gets a bonus to uh, cover save at a certain range, and it comes with new stealth So I'm curious good. how something that big is a stealth suit. Hollowfields, bro. Haven't you seen the Elder yeah, it's Hollow Titans? Yo, bro, yeah. don't you Hollowfield? It's got drones. That I don't Hollowfield, bro. I don't Hollowfield. Bro, Revenant Titan. <laughs> it's like a building big... And it has, like, stealth technology, so... Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Mine is actually going to be Games Workshop. And it's a, <gasps> mind you, it's going to be three years after it's released. Oh, really? I, um... First when the Goblin Town, um... Mind scenery... Who run Goblin came out. Did you find it on clearance somewhere? No, but I'm looking at it, and after we've been buying a lot more, like, specialty scenery, like, I'll buy those, uh... Um, foreground. So you're talking about the Hobbit, yeah, Goblin Town, yeah, where it's basically like a bunch of plank board. Yeah, it's not bad scenery, but really, and it's seventy bucks. I thought it was more. No, it's seventy bucks, and like the way I look at it is, it'll cover a decent chunk. And if I buy two of them, that'd be most of a Bayou board and put some buildings on top of it. And yeah, it would look really good. Yeah, and it also has the throne with the poop bucket underneath of it. Yeah, I know, really worthwhile. Although that might actually just be in the starter set because they've got the separate Goblin Town. Oh, really? Yeah, it's I think that's in the starter set. set yeah. Oh, because you could have taken bucket that sold and, separately and put that underneath the no, the, ta- no, the, the starter suit. set's like a hundred and thirty or hundred and fifty dollars, something stupid. But an amazing conversion was if you took that and put that under the what is it, Storm Surge? It's a storm Surge, done. He's, re- he's, re- he's ready to go. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I'm actually Wait. looking at it and went into the store and really seriously. Um, and probably gonna buy two sets to do a sweet Malfoy board. Nice support of the GW. I like it. Hmm. Dan. Well, um, I'm gonna shock everyone. You may have heard of a certain BattleTech Kickstarter. Oh, good God! Oh, Jesus Christ! So it's for the turn-based um, strategy computer game. About a year and a half until delivery, allegedly. But it's up over. I think it was over 1.5 million as of today. So nice. ah, it's a video game. So that Why seems like I saw. I saw 1.3 last, and that was a few days ago. So. Yeah, I think it's creeping towards the full-on mercenary campaign multiplayer is at, I think, 2.8 million or something like that. But it's got, like, 27 days left in the pledge. 
It's still so really interesting. Early. How long yeah. has it been so, open for? Uh, three or three four days. days. What? Yeah. Yeah. They hit him. They hit a million dollars in the first twenty-four hours. Listen, what is with uh, Mech Warrior? Like BattleTech is awesome. BattleTech Battle like, is awesome. Who Who are these people? Where are they from? Well, okay. When it comes to the video <laughs> game, you think about it. And Mech Warrior <laughs> has been a huge video game across several eras of games. Yeah, but do you, do you act? Everybody knows of like a distant person like Dan that's what he's <laughs> into like the BattleTech stuff, but yeah. then there's no one else. Oh. Uh, but I think the main thing is it's all a bunch of adults uh, who've been waiting for 30 years for something that doesn't look like balls to come out. And now they have money that they yeah. can actually support. All it, the yeah. money that they don't need to spend on terrible miniatures, it's they true. can save the up clan. for Kickstarter pledges. The clan did, stuff was did you, pretty cool. I'll did you that. pledge to a specific house? Uh, no, well, you pick that after. Oh. Are you going to? One of the Well, yeah. He One of the pledge to. levels comes with a bunch of like you know, like little patches and lapel pins and like a little like four foot. So banner. you can find each other and across the vast wilderness. Pretty much. <laughs> like real world ones? So you like wear them around? Yeah, it's yeah, like you it's can like, so it's like jacket patches whatever. and like yeah. a hat and like So you can chain. find your compatriots. But there's also a four foot by two foot banner for the different uh, main houses. Well, so you get cool. to pick one of those. So. So choose it's one of the five. Super dirty, but I like that. It's it's pretty sweet. Uh, so, okay, so how much do you have to spend to get it on that level? I think 125. That, um, to get to that level, it's uh, there was 125, and that includes the the full video game, which is DRM free. It's going to be on like Steam, um, GOG, all those like main video game distribution channels. Um, they're saying Mac, PC, and Linux builds. Really? Yeah, it makes sense because it's if it's on Steam, that, that yeah. And so it's it's going to be you know relatively platform agnostic, all that good stuff. Um, you get the beta access, you get like a PDF concept art booklet thing when the game is done. You get like a copy of the soundtrack, all the other stuff. That's one twenty five. The game with beta access, I think, is and uh, some of the other collectible digital content stuff is like fifty, and you can just get the game for twenty five. I think is huh. the lowest. That's not bad. And they're going to do add on packs for more download codes afterwards, so you can. Pledge once and buy additional copies if you're buying it for other people. How sweet is the hat, though? That's the real question. The hat? The banner. You said you get a hat and, and pins. Yeah, and the, the hat looks like Wait, the... Wait, there's a hat, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a hat. Okay, the 125 tags. comes with a hat. And I think there might be some other stuff, too. Dog tags, I think. Dog yeah, tags. right, dog tags. And I would almost do that tags. just for the swag. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty sweet, actually. 275 gets you some, like, jacket that you can put those patches on. Would they There's come in sizes that five uh, XL maximum because these guys know gamers. Five <laughs> XL, small to five XL. <laughs> I like that. That's smart. They know their audience. Wow. But do they have tall sizes? I, I guarantee they do. Five XL, you're good. <laughs> Maybe. Ward, what are you? Uh, let's get off of the BattleTech thing because, good God, what are you going to pick over? up? We'll come back. To oh, and important after. details: thirty oh. twenty five era because that matters to some people. No clans. Ooh, it's past clans. No pre, clans. Pre, pre, pre clans. Pre clans. When's, when's Clan invasion was thirty. My time, buddy. I'm sorry. Thirty fifty two is what Battle of Two K E or however you say it. Nineteen twenty. Fuck you. Okay, <laughs> 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 I thought that clans were like in the twenty six hundreds for some but I don't know. They the left in maybe the twenty six hundreds. Okay. So the the early. Yeah, the Exodus might have happened then. So. Or twenty four or something. More. Tell us what you buy. <laughs> Good uh, God. So I finally splurged and I bought my LVO ticket. Mm. So I am. Uh, if you're going to the LVO, look, yay! Look for the shortest guy there. I will. There will be, be two or two podcast members there at minimum. Yeah, we'll work on the other. Uh, one of us will be if playing. If you can supply me with money, I will go. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. But we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> 
Uh, Steve will be playing uh, 40K. just 40k over the weekend. I'll I- probably bring down my Infinity crew, maybe play some games on a Sunday, but yeah, it's going to be about it. Gotcha. Yeah, because they've got Malfo at LBO. They sure do. They got Malfo. Yeah. War X-Wing. Machine, X- I'm playing X-Wing on Friday night. Drop zone on Saturday, and then if I did good on Friday, which I'm probably not, I will be playing. <laughs> I will be playing X Wing on Sunday if I do good. So we'll nice. see. Um, no, the thing about I think they have uh, hockey. Oh, coming and back. and I'm, hockey is coming back. They're yeah, judging. So he'll be they're, running, ju- they're judging. Sick. They're so judging cool. all the drop zone events, and I am also going to go on the pub crawl. Oh, of course. Yes. I, I don't know why their tickets. Well, because they sell the miners. Not like coal miners, like young. Because <laughs> uh, no one in the world thought it was coal miners. You know, well, you know, we gotta, you gotta check that. Um, Time for loud candy because you're talking nonsense. They should. Oh god damn it! <laughs> if I did this, you'd get mad at me. Anyways, uh, the pub crawl should just come with the ticket. It's a required event. I've been saying this before. You need to go. Did you buy your pub crawl ticket already? Okay. Here's a question: Are they limited the number of tickets for the pub crawl? <laughs> no, but you get a shirt so you can find your compatriots. <laughs> oh no! The, but is see, there a hat? Did you see no. the Did you see the theme this year? You have to wear something brightly colored. Oh, last year was hilarious hats. No, this year it's brightly colored. So I'm thinking that me and you should find like some wicked '80s snowsuits and wear those. Oh, I like Vegas. that. Except it's, oh, it's Vegas in February. Won't be that what about your jerseys? Bad. They're pretty bright. Mm, I could spill on them. I'd rather spill on an '80s snowsuit. Last if year, if only Steve didn't. <laughs> Destroy that amazing Goodyear onesie. <laughs> oh yeah, that thing is dead. Uh, <laughs> Topical moose knuckle. <laughs> yeah, that was really sweet. No, they they always have a hilarious theme. Last year was ridiculous hats. I think I think Dale might have won because he brought his hat that had a mullet t- strapped to the back <laughs> that he found in a trailer in the Northwest Territories. <laughs> Wow. And he was just like, I literally don't know how this exists. I just brought it. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Because I'm pretty wow. sure it was real human hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was the grossest thing. Anyways. He's just he wearing it. Yeah, I mean, like it was weirdly realistic. Okay. I feel like we can move past this now. <laughs> so, Ward, what's our first topic? Our first topic today is... Dun, dun, I got, I got too many. While he boots up to I got, I got pictures of... Uh, House Davian and all. How about GW stuff? paintbrushes? How about them GW paintbrushes? Oh, there we go. That's why we keep. We doing all that. know the dance faster. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty quick off the draw. What can I say? So, anybody that hasn't been paying attention, GW has yet again a new line of paintbrushes. Well, they're actually a few months old now. Um, so they released them beginning of summer, I think. Sure, somewhere around there. Yeah, so you can tell that all of us are really, really excited about these paintbrushes. Now we aren't one, really sure. Yeah, so one yeah. of the things about them is that. Games Workshop has this policy with their hobby products where they're trying to make them as user friendly as possible. So much like with their paints, where they have which this I like, I think that's base a good policy and layer process, and it's all kind of or, or, or organized in a fashion where you kind of have your first, second, and third colors for their kind of new paint system. They do the same thing with their brushes. So they've got uh, off the top of my head four different kinds of brushes. They've got a detail brush. Um, a base, base coat. coat brush and a dry brush. A layer and brush. Then, well, no, no, no. Do they still have wash brushes and stuff like that? Shade brush. Shade, Shade brush. But then for each one of those, they've got different sizes, small, medium, large. So it's a different kind of bristle. And uh, one of the neat things about their base coat brushes is that they're not a traditional round stable hair brush. They actually are the flat tip um, brushes. More of but they have, style. But they've got that kind of uh, bevel, not bevel, but it's a, an angle tip. So it's not a complete flat, so it does come to a point on one side. 
so you can get a little bit more detail work with it, but you're still getting that flat brush quality. I haven't tried those yet because I think it's fucking stupid. For those out in Radio Land, Dan is nodding his head in skeptical fashion, and that's exactly how I feel. It's like, why? Yeah, there's this thing called uh, Iwata Neo. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you've heard about it at least once. Base coat brush that isn't by, you know, pressurized air and paint. Hmm, questionable. Yeah. You know, I, can, I actually <laughs> do like the idea of the brush. Because who here started with an airbrush? Everybody here started with smashing paint on having that chunky, awful first miniature. That's oh, true. Yeah. Uh, nobody nobody told me to thin my paints when I started. No, and I mean, having a base coat brush, I could see it being useful in some situations, but... I could see it being decent for terrain some of the time as well. But they've well, got terrain, brushes, the terrain brushes. Well, now you've blown my mind. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a dollar store brush size, Ooh. except apparently not in uh, shit quality. Like, you know how the oh, was that one for steep? No, I have a full uh, the, the, the brushes, like at the dollar store that you get for terrain, always have the bristles that fall off. They're awful. Um, if you get one of these, I'm assuming it won't do that. So that's... And it'll probably cost you more than a dollar. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the difference though, right? I like when you're spending that much more money on a brush, for scenery is really worth it. But anyways, I want to focus on the one brush that you can't really get from a Winsor Newton or a Raphael, one of these high-end brush companies, is their dry brushes. Because I think this is a niche where a lot of the like the games workshops or the privateer presses of the world actually are filling a real need for painters. Because yep. their brushes are typically under 10 bucks each. And this gives you kind of that workhorse, beat the crap out of it brush that should hopefully still keep kicking. So I ended up picking up two of their dry brushes, the small and the medium-sized ones. Yep. And unlike the previous Games Workshop dry brush, it is a flat brush instead of the, the round. It's not bad. It's maybe not as stiff as I'd like it to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but all in all, I don't like a dry brush that is too stiff. See, no, so that's you like I, a limp. I, I disagree with that. I feel like that brush. Uh, so there's one here, and I got to try dry brushing my table, um, <laughs> which is probably not the best substrate to try it on. But uh, I felt like it wasn't uh, like the stiffer bristles. You can. For the way that I dry, you dry brush very differently than the rest of us. You dry brush with like very little paint on your brush, and I feel Which like I have, yeah, that's I feel like that's how it's supposed to work. I do with Mike. Tell them how it's done because it's dry. It's a little paint. I, I do it heavier always. <laughs> I always have. I find it better. I, I find if you don't, if you have too little. And as little a side note, fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just picking up on this now? No, no, no. I he just it let it simmer a little bit. Yeah. I, I anyways, I I don't like it. I think it's way too soft. Just gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> compared to the old, like, red handle, even the blue handle brushes, I, I agree with Steve. I don't think it's going to handle the wear and tear that I usually inflict on my dry brushes. Because it also doesn't appear to be synthetic. <sighs> no. It Whereas doesn't. the older, yeah. rounded, old school dry brushes were actually synthetic, so they would they would seemingly take a little bit more of that abuse and, you know, survive. And they liked it. They liked it. They liked Although it. my dry brushes admittedly look like just. Fucking hell. Well, and this I, is one of the things that I'm curious about, because with all those old dry brushes, they'd reach a point where they kind of stopped being a brush. Like, they, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but, like, the, the bristles would either break off or yeah. clump in weird Let ways. Show they would, they turn they, into a mushroom. They would, mush, yeah. they would mushroom at the like top. Like this, the mushroom tip. Yeah. Yes. But I, I still have red brushes that I still have for dry I brushes. I still all my dry brushes I keep, because I always find a use for them Cause somewhere. Because you, you're going to damage the yeah, crap Yeah, that's, that's actually it, a so. point that I was going to bring up, is one of the weird things about dry brushes is... 
unless you've completely annihilated them to the point where they're literally not bristles on the end of a handle anymore. Yeah. They last a long. The entire yeah. the entire like range of how sharp they are, how you know flared out they are. They're actually good for different things. Yeah. So because you do want to have some dry brushes that are have a useful enough tip that you can get into like smaller areas and not just get paint everywhere. Yeah. But the broader uh, the broader flared out ones can actually do things like bases and larger surface areas without getting streaky. Yeah. So I there's actually, actually when, there's when, actually purposes for I I've always had four or five different dry brushes at a time in different states of disrepair. Yeah. And they all are useful for different things. It's really yeah, usually weird. I find that when the, the metal ferrule on the end of it or whatever falls off because you're you've been in the water <laughs> too long, yep. you get rid of it and then you just have this like progression of shitty dry brushes <laughs> that just like go through and you just you're done. Exactly. So I guess the biggest question for me right now is gonna be how these brushes age. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be great. <laughs> just saying I I, I Don't like, get me wrong, that'd be great for dry brushing bases. I like how it's more... And honestly, that's friendly. almost all that I dry brush. I dry brush a lot. Obviously. Oh, that hurts. But not the most. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I find it's a, still a very useful technique. It's fast, and I don't know what I would use that one. That one's huge. What do you think about the handle of the new brushes? Because they're better. definitely, they're definitely a thicker better. handle as well. I, I think notice. the handle's better. Um... I uh, like the, the black anodized, like, metal ferrule. is kind of weird, but whatever. That's fine. Um, but it, it's just, like, what? Like, what are you going to do with that? Is that one the small or the medium? That's the small. That's the small? That was, oh, so yeah. the old smalls were actually, like, the size of maybe, like, a detail or I'd a, say a like base a coat brush. I'd say, like, a quarter bets. of what this one is. But this one, yeah, Half for a small, yeah. that's kind of surprising. Now, like, so I dry brush a lot of hair because I get lazy and I don't like doing hair, especially on the my character model. And I don't know how in God's name I would do that with this. You could always just wet brush and, and wash it. That's probably what I would do if I if I could only buy these. Otherwise, I'll just use that shitty splayed out one. It'll be fine. <laughs> Um, the one thing is because I mainly do just dry brush bases. I actually do. I like yep. the slightly wider, flatter brush for that alone. Yeah, that makes sense. And totally. I mean, that's why I, you would use the older dry brushes when they mushroomed out for the bases and the closer. And tips. this kind of automatically has that. That's the role that it fills. But then when you're getting to like the finer things that you want to dry brush, like the chainmail underneath the guy's arm, the hair, that sort of thing, you're going to run into a problem with this new. You're just style. gonna be overlapping all over the shit and the rest. Yeah, of yeah. unless it's something that you start off with and you get that yeah. done and out of the way first. But yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, really if you're paint doing chaos warriors. This makes a lot of sense because you can just start with the chainmail base coat with this thing, just smash it out. Because if you're not dry brushing chainmail, good job, I guess. I don't know. Like, it just seems insane <laughs> uh, to me. Again, I, I feel like for me personally, I've transitioned a lot more to wet brushing and, and washes afterwards. Sure. Good for you. I'd still dry brush it. And that seems like <laughs> that seems like a, like that's probably the only place I'd use it. Bases yeah, and maybe that's like fair. a base coat. Um, so, okay. Now, keep in mind, I think these brushes are about 7 or $8 each. This one was 6 This one was 6 The small dry brush was 6 That's not terrible. That's so, cheaper than I would have expected yeah. from G-Dub. So, Gotta give him credit for that. Okay, so yeah, so this one's 6 I guess the bigger one is 7 or 8 Um, if you were gonna, obviously, I'm the only one that's actually used it. <laughs> I dry brush the table. But if you're gonna rate it based on cost <laughs> and its purpose, what and would you... And ability to dry brush MDF. Yeah. I'll start. I'd rate it a two. 
We're going this way, Mike. Does somebody else want to go next, maybe? You I, I feel like I dropped this a brush just to mock me. I I'm honestly not, didn't. There is I, no stars. That's why you've been so quiet. There is Michael, no stars. Michael, I swear to God, the I only reason I the only reason that I did this was I to picked up the brushes because yeah, I needed new dry brushes. And I thought, hey, here's a product I've just bought. Why don't we talk about it on the podcast? And I get to mock Mike at the same time. No, it did not even cross my mind. <laughs> Bullshit. Until, I swear to God. I swear to God, it didn't even cross my mind until I put it. We've got a like a, a conversation on Facebook uh, where we try to toss around ideas. We're talking about the podcast. And so I pitch this to everyone. And Mike has this like angry, snarly kitten response. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I thought it was the best idea in the world. <laughs> Zero so, stars. Move on. Okay. I'm going to go three. I think, like, the new handle is good. It's the bristles that I'm concerned with, and we're going to see what happens. Yep. Um, I'll give it a three as well. I think it looks like a perfectly serviceable dry brush. I just wouldn't consider it a small dry brush. It is a lot larger than yep. the old small dry brush, which is confusing and upsets me. And I think I've got to give them a three as well. Like, there's nothing about these brushes that really stand out, other than the fact that for once... The price is right. Yeah, these, it's yeah. like time warp price. Dun, 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 dun. Like, this is what brushes would have cost 10 years ago from GW, which you don't say things like that well, very they, often. They, the red-handled ones were 5 bucks a pop, and they were expensive. So to only come up by $1 in GW World well, in the and last, last 10 years. The, the dipped black-handled ones were stupid expensive. Yeah, that's good. That's good that they're cheaper. I like yeah, this. they came back down. Because so everybody, frankly, is buying GW brushes is probably... Sp- going to seem elitist here, but you're probably starting out. Because you're in the GW store, you're buying a starter set, you need a paintbrush. Once you start branching out, you yeah. find that there's stuff that is better at the same price point. But I mean, current, like, like all my brushes that I prefer is the Series 7, of course. However, they don't make a dry brush. So, yeah. GW is still my go-to for dry brushes. Is that outside dog trying to get in? No, that's Jake scratching. <laughs> Shedding. So... The dry brush is still a dr- brush that I would go to GW and buy. But now with this current thing, I might have to look at alternatives based on stiffness, stiffness you know you of bristle and such. Get a toothbrush and snip off all the bristle, bristles except for a few. Um, there you go. Nice and I, stiff. I mean, I have I have enough of the old dry brushes that I'm still safe for a while. Yeah, it's not like a, it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Sad right? news. The P3 ones, not good. Mm. P3 dry brush is not good? Uh, that is the fastest death of a dry brush I've ever had in my entire life. Hmm. We all right, like well, we'll have to... Like an Ikea test where we just have, like, brushes going... A little robot stuff. hand just smashing <laughs> <dry> brushes <laughs> 24-7. If anybody like out it. there in Radio Land has a good uh, alternate dry brush suggestion, we could use it, apparently. So. And then we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we beat that dead horse. Let's move on. Is it actually made out of horsehair bristles? I you don't said dead know. horse. <laughs> I, you, you gave a bad, bad pun. I was trying to do the same thing. That's fine. That's oh. fine. But right. let's move on to the Moose Knuckle Minute. There you go. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's going to be me this week. And I played a game of Malifaux, and I played against Molly for the first time. And I didn't know exactly how her summoning works. And the way that Molly summons is that when she summons a model in, it suffers wounds equal to its wound statistic. So it effectively dies. But it is one fewer wound for every enemy model that it's within three inches of when it's brought onto the board. Okay. Because typically in Malifaux, you don't summon healthy models on. They're going to be wounded in some capacity because it'd be fucked up to just bring a bunch of full health models on all the time. Yeah, what game system does that? Age of Sigmar does it a lot, actually. That's a concerning (laughs) one. Anyways. Um, But anyways, I didn't know exactly how this worked. So I thought to myself, I'm going to clump up my models and real, like, run them right up in there and have just... 
all the strength of my gremlins everywhere. So what you're saying is you didn't see it coming. I, well, I, I didn't see that coming. But what I did that was really stupid was not actually spread out through any point of the game. Once, Because also when they're summoned, you have to do a willpower 13 duel or suffer a point of damage if there, if a model is summoned within three. And Molly can do this shit three times a turn. So what you're saying is once you saw it, you couldn't look away. I couldn't look away. And I just, like, <laughs> I went, I stared right down the barrel. <laughs> I like that. And then just got fucked. And then, uh, and then got royally fucked. Nice. I like that. So, That's good. It was good time. I now know that uh, the only way to play against Molly is to just shoot the piss out of her from distance. And stay And not hard. try and engage in melee. But, uh, yeah, that was my Moose Knuckle Minute moment. Minute. No, but it was the minute, the moment in the minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's my confusing. moment of the moose knuckle. Man. I like it. Yeah, I'm confused, but we'll go with it. <laughs> As you would be with a moose knuckle. You're confused, but you can't look away. But you, but you just go with it. <laughs> you do go with it because you can't. You can't really draw attention to it because then it's going to get worse. Yeah, <laughs> it always gets worse. Oh my All God. right, second period. I believe we're going to be starting to talk about some stencils. Correct. Yes. And uh, for those of you that have been following our Facebook page, I believe there is a picture of Mike's stuff up there. Yep. Uh, my digital camel on my PHR. I did that up. But he didn't do it with a stencil. He did it all by brush, right? Ridiculous <laughs> free. I will punch you. You know that. You don't think I will, but I'm really thinking I'm. No, no, no. He was. He didn't say all my dry brush. Sar- <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think it turned out incredible. And I was actually kind of surprised when I saw the pictures of you putting the stencils on. That it was actually turned out this well because it's a quite a curved surface model. Yeah, it is, but I mean, you can keep some straight lines and stuff along with it. It's just, it, I'll be honest, putting the masking on took the longest out of the whole model. Yeah, I'm sure it, it took it, longer than applying the paint via airbrush. If the, <laughs> okay, okay. squirt done. Honestly, if it took 10, 10 minutes to put the paint on for all my airbrush coats for one model, it took an hour and a half to put the stickers on, I mean the masking on. Because <laughs> you, you have to make sure every, the problem with digital camel, they have to you have to have it all lined up. It all has to be parallel perpendicular. If it's not, it looks funny. And yeah, on a curved it. surface, right? that sounds like so a treat. I use the rubber tipped <laughs> Uh, to press down around the curves in the corners, and I used they almost look like they're uh, they're tools for moving small, uh, putting small models together and stuff like that. But they look like dentist picks. But I, I used these to actually position it, and that actually saved me half the time. If I didn't have Jesus. these tools, I would have been kicking models or throwing them out the window at this point in time. But I mean, and he lives on the 16th floor. Yeah, <laughs> so that means they're just gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, these hawk miniatures are apparently very resilient. Yeah. Yes, the resin they use is quite sturdy, so they might have survived. It may have. Might even fly the way this one looks. Um, so I guess rewinding it a little bit, uh, what uh, stencil companies have you guys used out there? Are these the Anarchy? These are the Anarchy model stencils. I've only used the Anarchy as well. Okay. Yeah, if, um, I, on behalf of some of these guys as well, a couple of years back, I did the Kickstarter pledge for those. And Dad said, do you want some? We went, here's our money. I threw, we threw, money. That I threw money at nice. And they're finally seeing some use, which is good. So the three of you as a group... Went in on getting anarchy stencils. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We their, each got on their original amount. on their original Kickstarter. And they're actually had. doing another one. Yes. yes. So these are vinyl stencils, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they are semi reusable. Yes. Yeah, they, you they gotta be they're, careful. They're, they're low adhesive. 
Um, so they're designed to like get peeled off the model without lifting any paint or anything like that. That also means if you're losing a tiny bit of that adhesion every time, before very long, they just don't adhere very well. Yeah. yeah. So you can maybe use them one, two, maybe three times you know, if you're careful. If you're careful but yeah, yeah or if you're doing terrain or something that doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, you could certainly reuse them. So the digital camo stencils are, I think, the one uh, people out there probably have seen the most. Uh, or some of the hex cam is common on towel as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what what patterns do they actually make? So uh, they made about for that Kickstarter, I think they had thirty or forty different variations. Yeah, that, that's crazy. So I didn't think it was that many. Different yeah. different well, types of camo blobs, but they also 39. had pinstripes. They had flame decals. They yeah. had Geometric like what hexagon or diamond stripes, grid. Tiger yeah, there's tiger camel. Yep, they had some like pinup girl pin silhouettes girl and stuff. Like yeah. they had dozens. So, so but, basically, and also different sizes. For. And so like the, this is like the micro digital camo. They had bigger ones if you wanted to put like tau tanks or something like that. The, so the normal macro and the mini is what I think the difference between the two is. Isn't yeah, it? and some some of theirs as well from this company I think are they'll say like three or four millimeter for the like the grid size on the camel. So you can see... So you can figure out what it's yeah. actually going to be. What's yeah, you can figure out exactly um, what yeah. what size is appropriate for your miniature game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You saw 40k scale or, like, drop zone scale. You saw my PHR, right? Yes. The red? The red. I, I used the stencils on that, so I used the hex camo. Yeah, the hex Oh, yes, yes, I have seen I know exactly what you're talking about. That, so that, so was, that was with the green uh, hex... Uh, yeah, I yeah, basically yeah. put it on, and then the outline of the hexes was left in green, and then the rest was yes. all red. So Yeah, that turned out really sharp, and I think that would be a lot easier to apply than this, because yes. most of the camo uh, <laughs> setups, or the stencil setups, don't require multiple stages, really. Oh, about it's about half really? and half, really. Yeah, yeah, the tiger stripe is a three-stage or two. Well, anything yeah, to do with really. camo is going to be... Three stages Yeah, to you're going to have the overlapping But with, like, the hexes sure. and, like, the diamond <clears throat> patterns and that That kind of you stuff. just put on and do it, like... But that's really only or the one. scale. That's a minority, because I feel like... Oh, they have dragon scale, too. As yes. Well. Yeah. As a repeating salamander kind of pattern. It's cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. I but that would still be a one... Shot that kind of thing yeah, to because because then again, you just airbrush the shade like as you go up, you airbrush lighter colors. Yeah, and you it just gives airbrush a natural bands, shade effectively. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This I feel like the ones that require you to do multiple layers of the vinyl would be brutal, um, especially in the smaller scale. They're definitely but, time consuming. Yes. I mean the there's no way you can do this by hand. I mean I guess it's you too, could. The lines are too straight. The squares are yeah. too. It's just too sharp, too angular to paint. By hand. So, Mike, how many yeah. different colors are there on this one? There's actually six, because there's black, there's dark gray, then there's blue gray, then there's light blue gray, then there's uh, the very, very, it's like a wolf gray, and white. So was it six, so was I did it six layers of stickers, or was it three layers, no, three of, stickers layers of stickers with two paints actually, per two layer? Actually, it's only two layers of stickers. Oh, okay. Right, because you oh, yeah, do the black first, before, then yeah. you put on the, the masking, then you do everything the blue-gray, then you put on more masking, and wherever you put the masking, the color's going to stay. So every layer of camel, you are doing a highlight color as well, yes, so it's not yeah, just quickly. flat color. Yeah, I don't know if you can see very well. Yeah, but you can. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, so yeah, so it's not six different colors. It's six of layers of paint. Camel, six yeah. layers of paint, okay. I mean, it turns out really, really good. Uh, and I think this this technique really lends itself to somebody that's uh, perfectionist but hasn't maybe painted a huge amount before because you can get a phenomenal technique with an airbrush mm -hmm. and yeah. the stencils right out of the bottom. Then you just pick out some details afterwards yeah. and the model's finished. Weathering so, pigments. Yeah. Especially, yeah, especially yeah, on the drop zone models, like the scale really lends itself to that, right? I, I will say, though, that these I've done I've tried this uh, masking system on different models and different materials. Smooth plastic works the best. Smooth yeah. resin is not bad. 
rough resin of any sort, and it is wow, it is hell. So yeah, maybe avoid using this with like Spartan. Yes, yeah, so no, I like I, I I am a Spartan fan, but I know you're not. But this is not a Spartan. Yeah, mask. all those little rivets, and all those little details. rivets, yeah. surface, surface details, and the resin being rough and kind of yeah, just like the actual flat surfaces. Yeah, the three D the three D print texture, basically. Yeah, basically yeah. that does that not would, give it. You could off. maybe ma- would you be able to maybe pull this off? Use a heat gun with it, kind of thing, to melt the texture. Yeah. To actually, uh, that seems no. like no. you know what. I'm gonna go no, ahead and not, say you could, with, but not, the likelihood of ruining your model. What I'm talking is about is not melting the texture, melting the the stencil. Because yeah, a but if you meant the stel- stencil, the sharp edges are gonna round on you, and it's not it'll gonna curl. be a curl. It'll curl. Yeah, it'll yeah. curl like bacon. Ooh, Again, like bacon it'll though. work, but it will look shittier. But yeah. I'm just, like I said, I am a Spartan fan, but these stencils are not gonna work for Spartan. Okay? I guarantee you. This is basically. Uh, I would even say Shiltari. It's not gonna work with Shiltari either. No, I would, yeah. But, but yeah, also the aesthetic kind of, of the yeah. miniature uh, plays a big point with stencils, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the digital camo looks good on Tau stuff, looks good on the PHR. Uh, Something looks, very high-tech. UCM yeah. Very high-tech. Looks good too. UCM yeah. looks good on. Um, you bring this over to an Eldar vehicle with digital camo, and it just kind of was a little weird. You yeah, know? I wouldn't see, even use this on resistance, either. Like, why would no. resistance have digital But this camo? is why you use the diamond patterns on... Harlequins, Harlequins yeah. sure. and stuff on the Eldar instead. A lot, of, a lot of people really, are doing that online. Yeah, it's especially for the smaller really flyers. Nice. I can't stress yeah, that. Like Vi- Vipers. That makes sense. Yeah, jet bikes and that sort of thing. No, I mean, that's the thing, what I'm talking about. The pattern will fit yeah. the miniature. Uh, and you gotta, I think, just be aware of that. Organics will work with some stuff, but not a lot. But this is. Digital is definitely not an organic look or feel to it. Eh? Yeah, that's actually uh, interesting. You mentioned organics as well. One of the um, the newer Kickstarter from Anarchy, they're the actually doing. There's a different kind of stencil you can get now, where it's not an adhesive vinyl one. It's basically a plastic sheet that has the holes cut out in it. Mm-hmm. So you can, it's the old fashioned stencil. Yeah, so to be honest, so you can lay that over the surface of the model and give it a loose spray from above. And they have included some that are like reptile scale patterns. Yeah, so it's and kind of uh, leopard re- leopard spots too. I thought there was one yeah. with leopard spots. So I think those will actually look really cool for not just you know camouflage, but if you're painting you know saber tusks for an ogre army or whatever they're called, like mourn fangs or whatever, yep. like. You could do some, you know, leopard spot or other crazy fur design. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's or like a dragon with those reptile scales on the membranes for the wings, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, so that'd be that. really cool too. Because like you could airbrush your basic gradient for the flesh itself, and then do the one blast with the airbrush for that, and then kind of pick out with highlights. Yeah, and, kind and of the kind of neat thing about this that'd be easy as hell. The, the neat thing about this style yeah, of stencil as well. Is they don't because it's not actually sticking to the surface of the model. You get a little bit of a softer edge where there's a little bit of overspray mm-hmm. getting in. It's under a the more stencil. organic feel. So yeah, for organics, it is super cool. Like it is a very good mm-hmm. looking natural effect very quickly. Especially if you're going back and then you can rehighlight little bits here and there yeah. to add the details. You pick want out some details, great. do some washes, that sort of mm-hmm. a thing to touch it up. But yeah, it, these these look really really handy for that. And yeah. that seems to be the focus of this Kickstarter is more of those types of stencils rather than the adhesive vinyl ones. Cool. So for those three of you that have used it, what would you guys give this uh, for a hockey puck rating? I'm going to go with five because I think it's great. I mean, it, um, this particular one, this was very time-consuming, but it's because it's digital and it's square. If anything, well, any orth- anything organic or other camel, you can be sloppy on it. It doesn't have to yep. line up perfect. My question so to fast. you is... Would it taken you, uh, if you had you done this in it without the camel pattern and just painted the model in general, would it have taken you the same amount of time? Oh, not probably more. Actually, probably it. Taken more. I would have done it, but it probably No, not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying not painting the digital camel, just doing something completely different, airbrush gradient, picking out the details. No, oh, it would no take camel, me a no little camel bit. It would probably take me about the same or a little bit more. So, yeah. So, 
I think it's in all not, honesty, not a hard one. Yeah, it's not a it's not a loss in in my mind. So the uh, one question I have for you guys: Can you still get these? Yes, yeah, well, yeah you absolutely. can buy them. You the can sell the old website. first Kickstarter is all up for sale. You can pick it up. And there's a number, and there are a number. Mm-hmm. Yes, they the are just models. up for general sale. The, in the Kickstarter, UK. the Kickstarter was just to buy the machines and get the process started. That's sort they of need the thing. vinyl cutters kind of thing. Yeah, because they sense. get little laser cutters and they take forever to run the patterns. Like the smaller scale, the camo as well you're probably going to get a smaller sheet size for the same amount of money because the laser cutter program takes Way longer. infinitely longer when you're doing those small oh, yeah, inter- I can't imagine details. Every single one of these little angles has got to cut. Yeah, so how brutal. much... Okay, so let's just say you're going to do a PHR army yep. with digital camo. Okay, how for, much are you looking to spend on stuff? Uh, I'll, I'll even break it down to you. If you're doing about <coughs> 1,500 points worth of PHR, you need one sheet of digital camo and it's going to carry you all the way through that whole... Really? That'll cost how much? 12 pounds, 12.50 pounds, 20 so bucks. 20 bucks. That's because you remember it, you get little sections, right? That yeah. you can you can use. It's an entire down. sheet that's cut into cut this into tiny this little pattern. It's like yeah. they put it together like a Tetris puzzle, and you just go yeah. around and pick the shapes out you want. So you can okay, literally yeah. just take like a whole sheet and do like yeah. use a, a few cor- a little bit of a corner to do one model, and then that, some of that's reusable. Do the next model, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, but even, I haven't even di- really even reused it, and yeah. I'm only halfway through one sheet. I've done all my Neptunes. Exactly. I've done two walkers. I've done three, tr- four Tritons, four more walkers. Yeah. So uh, you get the idea. I'm not even halfway through, and I'm almost at 1,200 points worth of yeah. PHR done. That makes sense. Okay, so then the one other question I have for you guys, before we finish this rating system, <clears throat> if someone doesn't have an airbrush, yes. can they use these? People have tried with pretty mixed results, I believe, because you want multiple uh, really thin coats. I'm going to say no, though. Yeah. You can, you can. I'm not going to say don't try. Get, use an airbrush first, because honestly, if it's not a thin coat, you're not. You're going to get bleeding. If you, if your paint is watered down enough, the yeah. bleeding will come underneath your stencil. Um, and there's the also a trick shading. for that actually, where if you do a light dusting of varnish yeah. before you do the paint, that'll actually seal the edge a little bit better, okay. so you won't get as much bleed. Okay. It's still yeah, yeah, but I that's still saying, it's it's still, it's, still yeah. it's still best because if you're doing like I did with it's six layers of paint. Uh, unfortunately, if you build up that paint, it's going to build up an edge. So when you peel off the first color, which yeah. would be black for me, there's going to be a little edge of paint there. You can't because you've got six <laughs> layers of paint on top of that. It just builds up. So if you're using something that's not an airbrush and not giving you a thin coat, that, that step is going to be horrendous. Yeah, doing edge. more than one or two colors is going to be a big problem in yeah. every. Yeah, for those of you that aren't aware out there, an airbrush lays down paint way thinner than a paintbrush. So that or even a spray can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So this I think I think you're limited to that. I mean, the only place I could see maybe doing something along those lines is with one of those organic stencils and trying to do something like stippling. Yeah, around you could probably it. try that. But I still think that would be. Ugh, I hate to say it, but I, I are, am still sticking yeah. with airbrush. On they are they are designed to be airbrush stencils yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Okay. And um, so anyway, finishing uh, the rating system, rating we system. totally derailed. So it. Mike was five. I'm five. I'm gonna go with a four. Okay. Why? Um, What's the downsize for you, Ward? Why is it I, not a? Five? I like uh, I like the fact that it's re- semi reusable. Um, if they could have made it a little bit more tacky, because I know that there's, I have had no problems peeling it away. Okay, so yeah, but you, you, I'm gonna go with thing. I've tried other stencils that are a little bit more stickier than this. And they've actually. Off I know yeah. it's it's a I fine would rather line. it not be that than that. And to me, the extra five bucks you might save is not going to be worth Yeah, it's my only line. concern kind of around that is when them being reusable, if they suddenly go to business and you can't get the pattern anymore and you have an army half done yeah. or something. You're yeah, like, but you know what? Fuck. Honestly, 
just buy enough to do it. And if you're mail ordering them, you might as well buy an extra shirt just in case. Fair enough. That's the only detraction I can think of. Yeah. And again, not 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 easy to get necessarily sort of thing because you got to order them. So so that's why it's kind of four for me. So fair enough. Um, Yeah, I give it. uh, I'm gonna give it four (laughs) as well. I was kind of stuck between the four and the five, but ultimately they're they are a fairly niche product in the sense that they're they're not that cheap. They're in addition to an airbrush. They're in addition to a compressor. Like. They're not a universal technique that's going to work for yeah. everyone. It's it works for certain types of models, with um, certain types of color schemes on certain scales yeah. with certain tools. There, it's not for everyone. But if it is, okay. if it does fit into what you're doing, like if you are doing battle tech, if you are doing Tau. drop zone, if you're doing tow vehicles and, and battle suits and you know shit your pants tides or whatever. The camel is going to be awesome, and it's going to look good, and it's going to save you time to get a technique that you really can't. It's not even feasible by hand, really. Yeah, no. You <laughs> anybody that's tr- if you go ahead and try digital camel by hand, and if you pull it off, you're a god. Well, I think especially <laughs> at the at the scale of drop zone. Absolutely. Yeah, even on a towel model, just lining everything up, having straight like because they're nothing but curved surfaces. You're still going to start masking yeah. shit. Oh yeah. To just get a straight line between different components. Anyways, yeah, I think it's a yeah. lost cause. So if don't. they are for you, they will be awesome, but they're not for a lot of people. I think this is honestly this oh, digital camel. Has that? Tom used it before? No, but you guys without touching the brushes got to rate them. Oh, totally. But that, <laughs> that thing. Okay, fair enough. What are you gonna rate? Um, it? honestly, I gotta probably have to fall in line. I might even go to like a three point five, just kind of further with Dan, where it is a relatively niche product. Like you're not able to. <sighs> It's one of those hard things where you can't just tell, sit, tell a guy, hey, you want to do a camo pattern, go to the store, buy this, and go. It's not a five in all situations. And that's exactly yeah, it. It's, it's very situational. Yeah, you're right. But within that situation, I'd give it a hard five. You okay. I, mean? I, I totally agree. Yeah, they are small or nothing. I haven't used them either, uh, but I was going to say that uh, this particular uh, dropship is one of the reasons why I think I'm really excited to try and just paint a, uh, a ghost keel. For no good reason, because I want to do that same sort of white that, like, because everybody knows my favorite color, all two and gray. Mm-hmm. Do that same. I thought it was red. Hey, yeah, they make that in airbrush paint, don't they? They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just can't buy it at the store. No, all two and gray is actually my favorite color, and Dan will agree. This has always been my favorite color. Uh, red just How can it have always been your favorite color? It's only been a color for like two Five years. Five years? Like that off gray, I love that color. And I've always <laughs> wanted to do an army in that particular shade. Then and why don't you? I've been because Tau are boring. Then why do you keep painting everything you do red? Because I like my Samhain and I like the fluff behind them. What That's about what, what about your? Do you notice how all them all of them have the white no no no, no, no. heads? <laughs> no no, I'm totally accepting that. What about your Infinity? Oh, I like the uh, the black and red. I think it looks good. And also, if you notice, all of them have the ultimate gray highlights and white on them. But yeah, everyone who everyone who paints Nomads, they're that shade of reddish orange because that's what they're in the fucking box, and it looks awesome. Because like, that's also because uh, all of, like pretty much all of us that were even thinking about Infinity, we were going to do Nomads the same colors. Yeah, Angel like, Geraldes so though <laughs> makes it look amazing, and that's part of it. Yeah, he's an incredible painter. Sells and the technique person. beautifully. But I've wanted to do the Tau in that color for quite some time. Why don't you? Because again, they're boring. <laughs> the models are cool, and I like the aesthetic, but they have no close combat, and they're so one-dimensional. Just take Crew. Don't they have are super heavy I, gargantuan? Dude, don't, don't you remember though? Now? Like yeah, years ago, people were always bitch about Tau being Tau having no shooting or only shooting and no close combat, and the answer was always just take Crew, even though they just had fucking rifles. But now the Crew have poison rifles, so they're better at shooting in a lot of cases than Fire Warriors. So you're like, 
Anyways, this is the point. I'm getting off a tangent. <laughs> Tau upset me. I am looking forward to the new codex, and maybe I'll do up an army using this particular stencil. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, I guess so, hey? We so should move on to the uh, the game we played right before the podcast. What was it called? Bugman's... The Bugman's Game. The Bugman's, the Bugman's game. game. I've always called it Bugs and Bar. Yeah. I guess that's probably because we don't take the time to read things. Or you're too drunk to, to see a good or first time. And child. that's true, because it very rarely, this is the very first time that I've started playing Bugmans, and when I started, I was sober. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the game usually gets pulled out once people are a few hours into a drinking situation. Like, it's combat yes. rolls level of alcoholism. Yeah, that's true. I've ruined many sweaters on nights where <laughs> Bugmans have been played. <laughs> you played Bugmans. So, um, so I guess the reason Explain I should the game. say... Explain the I should game. probably say that the reason that uh, I think I confuse it is because it's only available, available for purchase at Bugman's Bar in Warhammer World. In the UK. In the UK. So Just to be clear. You have to become friends with somebody that has been there or eBay. has gotten one. You can find them on eBay occasionally. They're a little they, tough to find. Are they pricey on eBay? Yes. They are not cheap, uh, depending on who's selling them. They're not too bad. Uh, it's because the where it's sold and only sold. Because I yeah. think I've got about four friends that have a copy of this game. Yeah, but we all worked for GW. And not me specifically, but a lot of us were managers. Yeah, we all went there. We have a very weird group of friends, and that most of them were GW managers. Yeah. Well, okay, that, <laughs> that is entirely true. Yes. Uh, so the game, the entire point of the game is you are a dwarf in Bugman's bar. You need to get to the po- the bar, get drinks and food, and bring it back to your table. It is not as easy as it sounds, turns out. It, and uh, you're thinking... Uh, what? <laughs> you're thinking that clearly can't be the point of an entire bar ga- or board game, but that's, that's honestly it. There's also a side quest of going to the bathroom. You do have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and that... In Steve's case today, oh, that was an epic quest. <laughs> oh my god! It just so it's a very simple mechanic. You set up your tables, your your drinking and eating tables on one side of the uh, the bar, across from the actual bar, and you roll a dice and tell me spaces you can move. So it seems like it's going to be a pretty simple game. You move to the bar, you can pick up two things, and the rules. We should also mention the rules do not have drinking rules in them because it is sold by GW. So when you're at Warhammer World, they very specifically, before they sell you the game, go, do you know the drinking rules? <laughs> and they, ex- they, take a, they take pains to explain them to you uh, that when you pick up uh, drinks or food at the bar, you drink the booze value that you've picked up. Because the different cards will have a different value of the of Like the elven wine versus troll brew. They're not yes. going to be the same strength. No, so your, your standard drink is Bugman's uh, 6X. Uh, and that is a booze three. So if you pick up two Bugmans, one in each hand, you're going to drink six. Now, when you get back to your table and drop them off, you're going to drink another six. So you can see it's going to be a drinking game. There's no way around it. You can't win any other way. And yeah, like you were saying, the uh, the Elven wine is really weak and crappy. It's a two. Yeah, and so I think one of the neat things about this game for me is that it's not like you're just walking to the bar, grabbing your drinks, and taking them back. There's you're so many ways for it to go wrong. You're interacting uh, with enemy. The environment. The environment can conspire to fuck you over and knock out, knock the drinks out of your hand. Well, when you're at a bar, what's one of the most dangerous things that can happen to you? Massive puddles of vomit. You don't want to step in the vomit, and that will happen. So when you pick <laughs> up stuff at the bar, you have to replace whatever you picked up at the bar with another food or grub counter. But in that little tiny deck of cards, there are... 
piles of vomit. People in the bar start getting rowdy. The bogs go out of order, the bathroom if you're not British. Uh, and then on top of that, you'll get moody elves that'll show up and trolls, half trolls, and they'll try and fight you. Uh, <clears throat> yep. And the fight system is probably my favorite in the game of any sort of game out there because <laughs> when you're sitting around the table, the way it works, the person that started the fight gets to play a fight card last. Everybody else gets to go around the table and play a fight card, and the fight cards are bonuses for whoever is involved. So you can play for anyone. You can make that shitty moody elf that's a fight value one into getting an extra dice, getting a plus three on top of that, and suddenly he's like the most amped up moody elf ever just and to just fuck to, over your friend. To take the step back, the, the fight mechanic with opponents is each person rolls a d6, whoever's higher wins. Uh, when it comes to the monsters that'll come into the, the bar, they have a static value yep, that you'd elf. have to roll higher than. Moody elf is a one, halfling's a two, troll's a three. Uh, so it's pretty, you have a 50-50 chance against a troll, you should beat up everybody else. But again, you can amp them up to be way better. And what happens when you lose? So as soon as you lose, you go back to your table and you drop whatever you're carrying. Which and means you drink. drink. Which means you drink. <laughs> so this was the delightful mechanic that led to me polishing off three drinks. In yeah. very short order. In under half an hour. Because I kept going to the bar, picking up the largest possible... Oh, yeah. You had the values. You had the Ode Gut Strangler, which is a five, and I think Troll Brew, which is a four. So you had a total of nine at one point you were carrying. That was one. I had a nine another time when I had the not recommended to drink, or what was the Oh Bugman's Best Avoided. Bugman's That's a six Best or. Avoided is a six and a Bugman's six X. So there's a couple times that I picked up the, the nine drinks and then proceeded to drop them. Immediately. Mike, Mike. What? What? Mike. <laughs> Mike, Mike would plan. stop him every single time. Just go into a fight and just roll better and <laughs> make him drop his shit. Oh, that's also, so true. also, we should say, like, the bonuses, uh, they're cards that you play on yourself for yeah, your opponent. Yeah, they're color-coded opponent. as well. They're, they're color-coded, so you can only have a single color of any fight card yeah. uh, on you. So there's, so red, there's green, limits blue. to the shenanigans. Yeah. yeah, the reds are the most common, but then there's some greens and some blues and some oranges, so you can get you can get some pretty crazy combos, but it does limit that to... Usually only one or two times. And it is also really hard to get more cards, which means you're not just going to be always fucking over your opponent in every chance, because you got to save one or two for that time where they're going to try and fuck you. Yeah. Because there's only two ways to get more cards. One is make your way to the bathroom. You immediately get your full cards back. You get a full five right off the bat. But you have to leave the bar. Yeah, the, bu- the, the playing area is surrounded by walls, and the outer spaces are the hallways to the bathroom. And there's, I think, three... Yes. And they're literally just sewer grates. They're like the worst bathrooms ever. And they go out of order, too. <laughs> Actually, they're probably the best bathrooms ever. For cleanly, cleaning, I guess. And yeah. for the time. Oh, that's true. They actually have... A, <laughs> there's there's actual sewage. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good. For it's not just work. a bucket in a corner. That's Yeah. But they do go out of, out of order. That's the thing. Oh, they do. When you There are out-of-order cards in the deck, so when you pull food up on the bar, sometimes you'll get the out-of-order card, and you can place that on a bathroom. So you can fuck over somebody that spent a long time going through the hallway. Yeah, so the bogs are one way to get extra cards. Um, you return food to your table. It's worth less like booze points to win you the game, but it gets you cards. Yeah, it's usually worth like one or one two. One or two or something. But you can also visit the Goblin Loan Shark. Yes. And roll on the chart and see if you either get completely screwed over or you might get a handful of cards. Yeah, the, the or chances you can also are you'll get screwed over. There's also a result where you can take one random card from every other player, so it fucks over everyone yeah. else. So the Gobble Lone Shark is, is hilarious because you roll one, good. he just goes away and I think you miss a turn, and then everything else is really, really good. So there's a benefit to going and seeing the Lone Shark. There's also the Serving Wench that'll show up, uh, and she's basically a mobile... Um, 
food and grub counter. Like, you can go to her and roll on her chart. And my favorite result in the entire game, I think, is tongue-tied by heaving bosom. Miss next turn. That's it. You just go up to her and you just don't do anything. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awkwardly stare. It's <laughs> a pretty good one. But, yeah, uh, it's probably one of my favorite board games. It is my favorite board game. I absolutely adore this game, and I think it's amazing. But there's a caveat. We have had to make some modifications. There's two things to really keep in mind here. One, do not play this game with too many players. If yes. you've got really more than, <laughs> like, four to six... Cause you'll six tr- is pushing it. Six is... I think four is pretty optimal. I have, four is perfect. I've played this game. This will be my fourth or fifth time now. And I had never once enjoyed it until today. And today we played it with four people. It's a phenomenal game if you play it with four people. Five, I think, is the Because if there's too many players... There's you just, just get into fights. There's people everywhere. Yeah, you're bumping into each other. You never make it back to your table with any drinks. The game just never ends. It never ends, and you're turbo drunk by the end because you just pick up at the bar <laughs> and, you keep and then get in a fight. So in some it. ways, everyone wins regardless. So if you're planning on just getting hammered that night, play with ten people. It's great. But it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity. It's super fun for the first half hour and then lame as shit ever. Yes, like afterwards. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, and the other thing that we've had to modify is in the rules, when you pick up uh, a, a drink, you move one less space for everything you're carrying. Uh, so if you roll a two, you don't move. Two or a one, you just stay where you are, uh, which really prolongs the game, and we've actually just removed that entirely. And, it and makes that's it a change that I had. It also speeds up now. the drinking. It speeds up the drinking, because you can actually make it... You can, it basically takes the game from being, like, an hour long, for, uh, frankly, because a lot of times you'll just roll that one and two. Yeah. You just don't do anything. Sometimes you roll five ones in a row naturally. Oh, my God, Steve. that was brutal. I, <laughs> I couldn't roll... I, like, it took me, honestly, six turns to make it six spaces to the bathroom. And then once you reach the bathroom, you got the card that allows you to automatically go to the bathroom. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was brutal. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the game itself is incredible. I give it a ten out of five. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> Wait, before we get before we get to the voting, who would enjoy the game, Steve? Anybody likes board games? Children, <laughs> <laughs> children, and the extremely elderly. elderly. Yeah, <laughs> give them root beer. You know what? Kids with root beer would probably love this game. It's good between yes. the ages of nine and ninety nine. Honestly, I think this game is something that you could play with your family because it's funny. Uh, it's a little bit maybe cheeky with like the the serving wench and that kind of thing, but. Honestly, if you're a gamer and you have a significant other, they will love it. My, Alex, wife, my wife, it likes is it. very Alex simple. Loves it. It's not like Games Workshop games where there's 80 pages of rules. <laughs> yeah, like it's a quick, simple game. Not quite the Age of Sigmar level. But yeah, pretty no. close. <laughs> no, it's it's exactly there it. are somebody actual rules. Somebody that's not a gamer doesn't matter whether or not they're male or female. They will still like it. It's snakes and ladders level difficulty. Really. But with drinking. But with drinking. I, I think the drinking is kind of a critical thing here, because it's obviously you could play it. It's kind of like playing poker without money, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. could do it, it could be fun, but it's really not the same game. Like, there's no real there's impetus no to really work. But if you're playing this game with dr- the drinking component associated, you're either going to be like me and just going, like, full reach to the win and just like, fuck it, I'm going for the win anyways. Yeah. And the risk was... I was kind of drunk when we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, well, we played this on Saturday, and Thomas Houghton had the exact same strategy. He was just going to go <laughs> ham the whole time, and he did not have a great, uh, it was Friday night, he did not have a great Saturday morning. Like, it was pretty bad, but he won twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, go him. Uh, but yeah, when you pick up nine drinks, you're like, 
maybe I'll go the long way. Like, well, one of the things that we do <laughs> I'm not going to go straight through everyone. It's kind of like social drinking rules is that one beverage, be it uh, a mixed drink or a bottle of beer or whatever, accounts for about 20 drinks in a drinking game. Yes. So if you pick up nine and then proceed to drop them... You're just, basically chugging yeah. a beer. In the span of about 30 seconds. Because that might be your next turn. You might, you as soon as you, the other thing is when you pick up at the bar, you stop your turn. So you have to pause there for a moment and let people punch you in the back of the head. Because they have to get through you to get yeah. to the bar. And that's a very important part of the, uh, the board itself is laid out with these three tables uh, that are sort of set up lanes to get to the bar. From the the player tables, yeah, and there were the rowdy revelers show up. So as the bar patrons get more and more drunk, they get placed on those tables. You can't walk on those tables, so you're forced into lanes that you might have to fight people. So while you're there at the bar, or there's just vomit using up the channels. Yeah, so or there's trolls, really nowhere. Or like to go. I had that one turn where uh, I I got to the bar, and apparently we weren't shuffled very good. Too. It was not shuffled well. Yeah. I pulled out uh, two things of vomit, two rowdy revelers. Three, three trolls. trolls? Three trolls. You played all three. Three yeah. trolls. Yeah. An elf. I remember it and took you... And a bogs out of order. And a bogs out of order. I remember it took you 12 drawn cards to replace the three things at the bar that you picked up. Because you had the special <laughs> card that let you pick up three. Yeah, one yeah, Normally sure. you can only pick up two. Yeah. But it took nine nine additional shenanigans cards before he filled up the... Yeah. Uh, so at the, the end bar. of it, Ward had a full table of Rowdy Revelers, a troll... Vomit and an elf to go through to get between the bar and his stuff. Yeah, I like that. That was a, that was a good one. That's a, it's a good that's system. a formidable gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> to have to go through like every turn. I eventually <laughs> made it through. Well, as soon as you kill an NPC, they yeah, go they away. They get recycled, but the vomit is permanent. Yeah, the vomit doesn't get cleaned up till the next day. So you got to roll on that chart every single time. And I lucked out sliding through the vomit. I never fell over. Yeah, you roll a one, you immediately fall on your ass, drop all your carried cards, and have to drink again. So vomit in your way gets to be a problem. And again, then you're like, fuck, I'm carrying nine drinks. There's a troll in front of me. There's another player. And i got a vomit to go through. Yeah, I'm just going to go around. Maybe I'll go play some games. <laughs> that yeah. ends so well for everyone. Yeah, they did have a sense of humor around the uh, the games chart. There's two, like there's a pool table and like a little snooker type table thing. And if you go to those squares, you roll in the games chart, but the games aren't fun. <laughs> those are more when like the opponents can play a card to like make you move three spaces. Yeah, they make you go play these games because they do not end well. Yeah, games designers had had a weird sense of humor where it was like the games in the game should be terrible. <laughs> just well, and it's like you. there's one result out of six that allows you to just continue moving. No, you miss a turn. That's the yeah, best the, one. The best is result the best is your turn. The best result is your turn immediately ends. The other everything else is way worse. The everything else is either <laughs> lose one card at random or miss a turn. Uh, or lose all your lose cards. two cards at random, or lose all of them. It's it's the best one is just miss a turn. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even and you have no cards in your well, hand. well, not miss a turn. Your turn ends. Your best one is like your and turn then you miss ended. the next turn. Oh really? That's the best one. I think the best result is just lose your. I'm pretty turn, sure, but regardless, okay. either way, it's you don't good. you don't go there by choice and expect good things. It's to bad. Happen. No, it's bad. All the results are just shades of terrible. But that's the other thing too: is the goggle loan shark has to be placed near one of the games tables. So if you want to go to the loan shark and have possibly great things happen to you, because you can, that's the only way to go above five cards in your hand is to go to loan shark. Uh, I thought most of the loan sharks things said discard any excess. Maybe a five. 
He's either way, he's good because I think you could choose the ones that you get and then discard. Whatever, he's good. His chart is mostly good, but you have to go to him. You're going to be within one square of a games table, so it's like if anybody else has one of the cards that can move another player, it's it's a little bit questionable. So everything has a nice trade off, and again, you get to drink. So I'm I'm in. Yeah, uh, I think with like one of the things that. Sorry, still kind of drunk. What? Uh, <laughs> <Bug> wins. <laughs> uh, I feel for me, board games are almost less about the game and more about the people you're playing it with. True. So you you kind of this especially is one of those games where you have to be playing it with the right people that are all kind of in it to be silly, to have drinks, and to fuck each other over. Yeah, you do not want to play this with a competitive group because competitive bug. That's just the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's a sillier game, so you kind of have to be vindictive. You have to be yeah, like Mike. Just what? constantly fighting what? Tom because to be fair, I was constantly fighting him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the only the pr- the person that ended the game was Ward. Yes, you did end the. You should have you should have rowdy reveled yourself because you didn't have a high enough score. I, did, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I wasn't looking at people's cards. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? You like so the win condition is you get five things back to your table, the which ends stops. the game. Then you tally up the total score on your table. Yeah, the, which is the amount of booze uh, you have. So if you bring back a ton of food, you're going to lose. So even though I had f- five items back first, I still lost the game because I didn't have enough points. You lost only by one. You're pretty close. You brought back two food, which was meh. Yeah. So. Uh, that's it. The entire point of the game at the end of the day is to get your dwarf drunk and yourself. Yeah. And it's great for that. Yeah. So <laughs> I strongly recommend either finding a copy or finding a drinking buddy that has a copy. Yes. And 100%. another pro tip, play with miniatures rather than the cardboard tokens, because if you get spilly, models don't get all fucked up by beer. Oh, and they spilly actually cardboard make- is bad. The Bugman's models that they produced from, I think, a few years. Although with subscription models and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they came on the, the, what was it, the 50 mil square bases? What, or 40 mil square bases? 43, too, yeah, the fantasy yeah. bases back so when they still had square bases. They actually fit these squares perfectly. They're the exact same size. So How convenient. Uh, it's like they thought about this, oddly enough. So, like, the Bugman throwing a chair and stuff like that. Which is the one that I have, because <laughs> when I was there, I bought both of them. Oddly appropriate. So that I have the two Bugman's miniatures. I think there is an actual full set that you can get that will fit on that, but I don't have them all. Hmm. Sad face. Hmm. So yeah, strongly recommend it. I'm going to give it a solid four to five. Oh, I hate you. Not a full five? We'll have to play another round. Honestly, no, 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 no. (laughs) Just because the game really comes into its own for four players, but doesn't really work that well for six. The fact that we need house rules to make it possible to finish the game. Okay, that brings mine to a nine out of five. (laughs) <laughs> Very reasonable. Fair okay. enough. Mike? Um, I'm going to give it a four, only because it's not easy to get. You Ooh, that would almost make me a three. Yeah, it's not <laughs> easy to get, and I would want the miniatures for it, which might be difficult to get. Yeah, they're in production now. Okay. Yeah, they're all limited edition. So that's that, That's that's why it's going to be a four for me. I'm going to go with a four as well. Oh, you guys are killing me over here. <laughs> It'll still a four's a good a rating. Five. All right, with my nine, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> So wait, did it, uh, did you all give it fours? Yes. Yeah. No, except Steve. Except for except. me. So math time. Don't do math. <laughs> what do you give it? If I give it a three, it still averages to a five out of five. It still gets a perfect score. You should give it a four though, just so it can be above a five. The first time okay. we've gone better than a five. <laughs> yeah, yes. sure. I'll give it a four out of five. It is it is simple. It is fun when you're playing the drinking version of it with a little bit of host rules. It really does come into its own. Yeah. So. It is fun, and it is kind of, you know, it's something Warhammer-related that you can bust out when your non-Warhammer friends are around. 
Yeah, because it's just a random drinking game at that point. And right? it's an easy yeah. one, because a lot of the... Tr- traditionally, a lot of the Warhammer board games have been overly complicated. Like, sitting Hero down Quest? for a game of HeroQuest or Talisman or that... It's a very involved board game. It's Space not like... Hulk. <laughs> it's not like you need to spend 45 <laughs> minutes playing a board game. You're in there for a good hour and a half. Oh, yeah. I know. Minimum. Well, Age of Sigmar is more... Is, is simpler than most of their board games have been. Which is yeah. which is pretty telling as to where the company was in terms of rule set. And what Except they trying. need to bring back that orc like fight a bomber run board game. That game was amazing. I forgot about that game entirely. How about Chaos Marauders? I'll bring that next time. What? Sure. What's that one? Chaos Marauders. I'll show, I'll tell you guys after. I'll show you. After. All right. All right. Anyways, I anyway. had that fighter bomber one. I wonder where it went. That was a great game. I know. The only reason I know about it is because Steve Fitzpatrick had a copy. Yeah, I had a copy way back. Jesus, Steve. I, I do not still. I don't know what happened to it. Anyways. Okay, so let's kind of wrap things up a little bit. So, you two had a game last week. We did. And Steve. we kind of left the episode on a bit of a cliffhanger. We did. We had our gutsy or goatsy. So, as some people might remember, uh, I was playing my Nomads against your... Eugene. Yeah, GSA. Yep, that's right. It was a sectorial army. That's right. And I had thrown some smoke. And uh, there was a hidden token, I think it was, at the time. Yeah, the teal for my yep. uh, hacker. And I had some support hackers around uh, my tag. And, and you I were playing it safe? Playing it safe, healing a bunch of people up, and you were pretty much on the ropes. I think you only had only your token left. I was and two your guys away from losing the game. Yeah, you. I pretty much had it. All I needed to do was basically hold where I was yeah. and shoot a couple more guys. Um, so I, I went around the table. Everybody thought that I was uh, screwed because I think we knew. And, yeah, the, the, the moral of the story is... When your tag gets hacked with a possession, with a claw program, you're screwed. <laughs> Holy crap. So he turns my tag around. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, like, let's put out what, what I did. Yeah, that's right. I, I jumped out of a building. I hugged a wall. I ran into the middle of the smoke. Now, this smoke is disappearing at the end of my turn, and I will be in the full view of a tag and four of his Two guys. Reverend Moiras, a bunch of uh, Jaguars, and Mobile Brigada, Mobile God. You like Reverend Healer, Reverend Custodier. Basically, my entire army was untouched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would have had him. So he throws the program off the hacker, the ninja hacker, one of the coolest yep. models in the you game. You fail your reset. I take control of you. Yep. And I proceed to... Gun down everybody in the in, in him. Now Steve can re- this is Steve has to react like uh, it's uh, an opponent's model now. It's not his model anymore, so he can react to it any way he wants. But I think he's like trying to dodge because he doesn't want to kill his own tag. So instead of shooting back in the tag, oh yeah, he's trying to dodge it. This guy goes down. This yeah, that was the goatsy moment of trying to not kill my own models in the attempt <laughs> to maybe save them later because I dodged with a lot of them and then a lot of them died. Like it was just going bad the whole way. And then you move the tag backwards oh, yeah. towards your lieutenant. Yeah. Lieutenant pops out behind a building and stabs my tag in the back and kills him. <laughs> I was love just it. like, fuck. <laughs> you so had, I dodged. You had two guys left. I could have, like, stopped that earlier just by killing the yeah, tag. Yeah, because you only had one point left. Yeah, left. and I, was, I had one model left at the end of that. Like, it was absolutely brutal. Like, brutal. One of the most brutal <laughs> things that ever happened. And that really made me like Infinity in a lot of ways, where I was just like... Holy shit, playing it safe was not a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I should have been going after stuff and not trying to heal. Like, it was it was kind of... It was cool. Really cool moment. I and think it you was were super had your goatsy. mouth open for quite a bit of time. After I was looking through the rule book like, no. 
No. <laughs> no. There's like no way this is happening, but yeah, it, it, it turns out that is exactly what happens. So <laughs> you just get fucked. Bent you over, spread you open, and yeah. bad things happen. Brutal. It was, it was 100%. I got goatsy. So there's to it. Does anybody else have a goatsy moment for the week? And it was plenty of games. I did not. I've had real life things. I had to paint a ton for uh, Onslaught, so I, I actually canceled our game. So yeah, I, I know how you feel, Steve. It's okay. I understand now. Oh, fuck okay. Off. I'm <laughs> so um, it would have been the Saturday that the podcast went, the last podcast went up. Yeah. There was a, a Malifaux tournament happening, where it was a different format. It was uh, Henchman Hardcore. Okay. So instead of your normal cores, let's see. I like where this is going. Ooh. Right. So you take Although a... Although you're implying that Goatsy is softcore, so that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the way it works is that you take four models, uh, your leader's a henchman, and then three other models for a total of 20 points. Okay. Um, so regardless of any other details, what I decided to do was paint up some models for my Zoraida crew that I've never played before in my entire life and take them to this tournament and use them for the first time in a tournament. Okay, gutsy going the table? or gutsy? Gutsy. I'm gonna go with gutsy. Gutsy. Yeah, I'm going with gutsy because I have no idea what is going on in Malifaux, so I might as well. I'm gonna say gutsy because he doesn't know what the models are. Yeah. So we're gonna split it. We, uh, the the hobby night crew is split on this. So I've got a question for you. I played three games with this with those. Yeah. What's the threshold for gutsy and what's the threshold for gutsy? I think gutsy is winning two out of three games. So gutsy would be losing two out of three. Yes. Yeah. All right, what do you guys think? Gutsy. Gutsy. Yeah, gutsy. I'm going to go with gutsy. Yep. All right. Positive and, thinking over here. Me and you, and cliffhanger again. Cliffhanger. Well, we're going to finish it off with some upcoming events, and then, yeah, we're not going to finish it today. We'll, we'll deal with it next week. All right, or if you were at the tournament and paid attention to my games, which is probably going to be like two people. <laughs> That's uh, our audience. My second two opponents. <laughs> nah, they don't even listen to a podcast. <laughs> that was depressing as well. <laughs> that was dark. Everybody hurts. Hey, you know what? Our podcast got us some beer, so I'm in. I don't care how many listeners we have. There we go. We didn't need listeners. We have Moose Knuckle. Exactly. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Well, well, like podcasting and not actual, like, vlogging or something. Be yeah. the Where they would have to see it. Although vlogging might be good because they would know we were talking about the beer. And there's not just the mental image of all kinds of really constricted... Nerd moose knuckle. Everybody here is wearing spandex, so it is pretty weird right now. <sighs> Good old yoga pants. Oh, Never yeah. a bad choice. <laughs> just male yoga pants. Yeah. We thanks. should get some official Hobby Night in Canada the yoga pants. Oh, God! <laughs> this is the worst marketing I've ever heard of. Oh. Uh, upcoming events. What? Just what? for nerds. Upcoming we, events! We go One. from extra small to, like, 5XL. We're good to go. Oh. <laughs> One bum cheek will have our logo. One bum cheek will have the Moose Knuckles. No, Moose Knuckles on the crotch, man. <laughs> it's I like, feel like that's poor advertising for them. Poor or best? <laughs> it's accurate. Sure. Sure. I'm going to go with sure. <laughs> uh, upcoming events. Upcoming events. Uh, the next big three upcoming events is... First one is going to be Onslaught, October 24th and 25th. Yeah, I can't wait, actually. Death by Dice is happening on in uh, Spruce Grove on November 14th. That is a 40k only ITC event. Yep. I'm going to try and play in that one, too. And there is the For the Children charity event down in Calgary on November 21st. And also playing in that one. They are focusing on... Yeah, we're still on going, right? We are. They're cool. focusing on War Machine, Fantasy, and 40K. 40K, 40K will also be an ITC event. So. Yeah. There you go. And War Machine's going to be a really fun format. I was reading up on it a little bit more, where you can actually donate money to get crazy shenanigans in-game. 
Oh, that's cool. I like that. I like what, it. That's a fundraiser. What that format makes sense. is that? It's, I believe it was originally a breast cancer fundraiser format. Oh, like the best breast cancer brawl? Yes. Sort of thing? Okay. That's yep. where they're getting the format from. It looks really but, fun. But just and so we're aware, it is raising money for a playground, uh, which, is, which is actually really cool because two of the people that are playing in the tournament, they have children that go to the school that does not have a playground, and that is sad. Let's fix that. They, yeah, like how the fuck can a school not have a playground? We need to fix that. Yeah, like unless you're downtown Vancouver or Toronto... Your schools should have no, a playground. Man. No, man. I've got family in downtown Toronto, and they have playgrounds. Yeah, in this schools. is ridiculous. You're in Calgary. Let's fix this. They also have templates that they're selling. Like They've got the blast templates you can buy. Uh, very limited numbers. Um, cool. They might be sold out by now, nice. but if not, Good for them. check it out. Yeah, so we're, there's definitely at least two of us are going. We're going to try and hoodwink at least one or two other guys, hopefully. Some 40K. I know Dan loves 40K. My favorite. It has you, a you very 40K. not fifth ed Raven Guard. But list. you could go down for charity. Dan, you should play War Machine. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. need tons of money to win all my games. <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah. Just be like, I've never played this game before. And you know what? I want to come down with like a Dan, couple if you thousand really wanted to, If you really wanted to, it's only 35 points. I've got enough mercs that we could both take down two lists. Fuck, it's only 35 points. I could finish my War Machine for that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, I'm shrugging in indifference. How about this? For War Machine. Okay, this is an official Hobby Night in Canada call-out. We need you guys to run Battletech. No, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my Nobody life. Nobody wins. They will lose money on their events, because people will be like, Battletech people are coming. Jesus, we need to leave. <laughs> but Dan will come down and donate, like, you know, five bucks. <laughs> five dollars. And he'll paint the windows for you, too. Free. Oh, on the new that's true. I'll have the best windows. Oh, my God. God. All right, we'll talk about this after the podcast. Okay, what's the next event after that? Or is that, or are we done? That was, that was the three. That was Onslaught. It. Oh, I like this. Um, three events that death, are 40K. Death by Dice and... Lots of ITC. For the children. Love it. Yeah, lots, lots of, of ITC. ITC in the area, for sure. Yeah, like, there's not even any point talking about the War Machine Masters that Brian Sin's running, because it's been sold out for sold months. Out. Sold so out. So if you are listening and aren't signed up... Well, you might have a waiting list, so you never know. I believe, I believe he does, so... I think that filled up, though, already as well. Waiting, waiting list for the waiting list. The waiting list filled up the missing spots. I think only three people didn't sign up or something. Yeah, so, absolutely. Which cool. is pretty sweet. Cool. Well, I guess that's another episode of Hobby Day in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. And I'm Steve. And we all painted our fucking models! <laughs> yeah! Oh, uh, wait. Fuck, I don't believe this shit. <laughs>